1: Welcome back to roll the Roots podcast. Um, I'm suddenly a bit too chipper there actually aren't I, after such a such a miserable weekend this I'm, you know I've, I've, I've made a habit now of doing these awkward stumbling intros saying I'm not going to do them but doing one anyway. this isn't some sort of bit I'm not trying to be like funny with this I'm I am genuinely just stumbling over myself so please please forgive me. Hello, Laura. Welcome to the pod. Please save me, mate. How are you doing?
2: <laughs> Depressed. <laughs> Was that just from my intro or the game? Like, yeah, <laughs> all of it really. All yeah. of it. It's not. There's just not. There's not much joy out there at the moment, is
1: there? It's not, and I think this is all very befitting of it, right? Tottenham Hotspur. It's just everything is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, let's. I took, let's start because there's, there's a lot, right? There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of different kind of forks in this road. But let's start on the game itself. Um, I would, I personally would say it has been a very long time, probably about nine years, in fact, ironically enough, that I've seen us play that badly against them at home. Yep. Other than for a couple of short little spells, it was pretty disgraceful wasn 't it?
2: Yeah, it felt like a complete role reversal of last year, basically, like you look at that game last year it was it was men versus boys, we were the men, they were the boys this time, very much the other way around um. I mean, I haven't, I haven't. I'll be honest, I haven't really watched much of the scum this year because I just, I, I feel like I curse it every time I, I turn it on. They seem to score, and <laughs> um, yeah, let's be honest, I don't really enjoy watching them play well. So, I'll, you know, I'll be brutally honest in that I've sort of known they've been winning, but not really been paying that much attention. But um, they were actually quite good, and we, we just didn't, we just didn't turn up again, you know.
1: Well, this is the thing, is it because? i'm not i'm not turning this into one of those kind of like cult draws between eye test people and stats people but the stats did show that it was a pretty evenly matched game but it was anything but that like you say they no. were just they seemed to be the more mature they completely dominated pretty much every area of the pitch we just we couldn't we couldn't get started like i say other than probably a brief spell maybe when we got our tails up for 10 15 minutes in the second half i reckon they just looked so controlled so above it and they just i don't know what's happened from from last year fair enough okay there was a lot of pressure on them but still they look so much better than they did last year already the way they were knocking the ball about their kind of composure on the ball especially in midfield it was it's absolutely ridiculous um and it's quite you know obviously Given the the chaps off fields shenanigans, should we say to put it lightly, it's horrible seeing Thomas Partey being the absolute star of the show for them as well. You know, it just really rubs it in.
2: Yeah, exactly. Something just seems to have clicked for them. I mean, I know they've made a couple of signings, but like you say, end of last year, it was a completely different story. They just did. They didn't look anywhere near this. And you know, we were flying, and it doesn't make. It just doesn't make sense to me that. It's, you know, that is the same team we had last year. We have we've made signings, not, let's be honest, loads of brilliant ones. But there isn't really, you look at it, there isn't a clear reason why suddenly there should be such a stark difference the other way between the teams.
1: Do you think at all, because, like, touching on that, a lot of people talking about, like, Conte, they're talking about a guy who isn't showing commitment to the club. We can talk about how much he's been backed or not. And there's Mm -hmm. always, there's a lot of debate around that. But sort of, if we're looking at it from, from his perspective, we're looking at a guy that, you know, he hasn't really, whenever he talks about us, right. um, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the pods was saying he, he talks like he's a consultant. He's always, Mm. he's always talking about Tottenham, what Tottenham need and what the club need to do it's never a kind of a, you know, we as us, whatever type scenario like we've had in the past, you know, I think we all remember Harry Redknapp back in the day. Um, yeah. It was always them when we weren't playing yeah. well and us, when we got a good result, you know, it, 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 yeah. it's how it wasn't. It, it doesn't even feel like we get the, the us with Conte at any point. It looks like his contract's up. Well, I think we, I don't know if we've, how the legality works around this extension, if it's, an obligation or if he doesn't want to extend, he doesn't have to. So as far as things sort of look at the moment, it looks like we've got a guy who doesn't particularly like the club, doesn't particularly like the players he's got. And so it does beg the question, why are they going to go above and beyond for him? I mean, do you think there's anything, because that's kind of how I feel, but I don't know if you feel yeah. there's anything in that, if that's just my bias against Conte that comes No, out. I mean, I was
2: buzzing when when we got him. You know, he's he is one of those world-class members who won something everywhere he's been. And, yeah, we know Mm -hmm. his football isn't the most attractive, but, you know, it normally gets results. Um, So, you know, obviously I've kind of given him the benefit of the doubt from the start, but I'm coming towards that same conclusion of, like you say, he's not committing. So, and at the same time, Antonio, if you are a world-class coach... Why aren't you coach? Why? Where is the evidence that you are coaching those players to be better? I I get the thing of giving somebody time, and that you know it takes time to implement the system or whatever. But this seems to be going backwards, not forwards. You're not see even seeing glimpses of like, oh, I see where he's trying to go here, and then you've got odd things happening, like the Jed Spence thing. I just Mm. I don't understand. Like who was behind that signing? Because clearly Conte doesn't want him. He's not playing him. You can't argue that he could. There's there's no way he can't bring something to the team that Emerson Royal isn't bringing to the team. Like he's, he's, always, he's sort he's,
1: of got egg on his face with that a bit because he's only playing Saar because of he's been forced to basically. And yeah. Saar was in. If we're talking about that game, I would say he was probably the only bright light of hope. Probably Kulisevsky as well, so I don't want to take him for granted. But Saar Saar's performance, I thought, given it was his first start. North London derby against a pretty fiery midfield in Partey, Xhaka and Odegaard. He held his own. He did a good job. But would we have seen him at all, were it not for injuries? So exactly. like you say, this hesitancy with Conte to play any of these young players at his disposal, he just seems to be undoing kind of anything that is good about what he has brought to the club. And I'm not saying he's brought it yeah. into the club. I do think he's instilled a certain winning mentality, right? I, you know, mm. but... You know, it's,
2: Benson Kerr and Koleszewski, obviously, they are, they are fantastic signings. They've been brilliant. But yeah. It is that it's the same thing with like the Spence thing for me is that it's begging the question of who is making those signings because if he didn't want them, why is he here? Who was behind pushing to get that signing over the line? If Conte was not the one saying I want that player, I just I don't un- I don't understand what's happening there.
1: If it's somewhere between Paratici or if it's just yeah. Levy or because we know that in the past Levy's... You know, I think he's he's headed up signing players like Modric, I believe, like Deli Alley and stuff. He's really been proactive in kind yeah. of getting those sort of deals done. And I don't know, it's maybe. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Daniel if we talk about that mm-hmm. bit later. And I do want to sort of expand on Conte, I guess, a bit more. But I'll, I'll save that for a moment. I just want to sort of focus again, sort of on the game.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: the thing that I found, because like you say, you were you know you depressed yeah. and. <laughs> I feel that I feel in a real funk, but you know, for the first time, I don't really like. I don't. I don't feel like. I didn't feel angry at us. I didn't have that sort of hatred for us. I didn't have that visceral. And this it pains me. It makes me feel sick to feel this way. There's that part of me watching them do what they did to us, watching kind of what they're doing right now. I can't help but think. Fair enough. You know, like, and it like I don't want them to do it. I'm not think I'm not in any way celebrating that. But I just I cannot help but think like, fair enough. They are such just it's it's horrible seeing Tottenham now for the past few years having like built such an identity under Pochettino. Mm -hmm. Have that kind of go to shit. Obviously, whatever the stadium or people just kind of. Running out of love for the project, not bringing in enough kind of fresh legs, that type of thing. To have gone from that to Mourinho, Nuno and now Conte. And I was, I was saying on Twitter the other day, it feels like we've watched the same football match for like the past yeah. three or four years now, right?
2: Yeah. Which It's
1: yeah. dull. <laughs> dull. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And yeah,
2: and even when you win most of the time, we've won, and you think, well, we didn't play very well, but we got the result. It's not that kind of... You come very rarely come away thinking we absolutely smashed that.
1: No. And seeing... Even our 4-0 against Crystal Palace, I didn't think, oh, we smashed them 4-0, you know? Yeah. It sort of fell into our lap because Harry Kane was like, all right, fucking hell, I'll, I'll take this on again. And sort of just turned into beast mode Harry Kane again and got it done. But seeing, like them kind of really with this real clear identity now, this sort of, you know, what are they like? Progressive, young, smart signings, making kind of, you know, identifying weaknesses in their squad and addressing them quickly and effectively. Kind of, it it's just so painful to see us continue to, like, whatever, I think he's a good player, but seeing us link someone like Trossard this mm. window, do we need, like, what... what do we need him or is it just because he's fallen out with Brighton he's a decent enough player so he might be signable Do you know what I mean like we,
2: Yeah c- they don't seem to be a str- uh, you know we know we've got these weaknesses we need to address it's like Liverpool did with, Al- with you know Alisson and, and um, I was going to say Van Dijk that's the wrong one yeah. Van Dijk <laughs> Timmy Vans um, yeah well they, you know, they went out and saw what was you know we were really kind of neck and neck with them they were worse than us for a long time that was their weakness they made that priority they went out they signed the right players and look what happened and we've been in that position so many times where it's just been that one signing away or just that two signings away and we just don't seem to be be decisive in that moment and go out and get that player. We faff about, get somebody they didn't quite want, who then doesn't play. And then we just don't quite get over the line. And now we're back in that kind of, we're on the downward cycle. I mean, look at Liverpool now. You, they're on that, you know, football is cyclical. So this is part of that, you know, we peaked under Poch. We're now in the downward bit. Same thing's happening to Liverpool under Klopp at the moment, but the difference is they went balls out when it mattered and they actually got something to show for it. They won
1: the lot, right? Yeah,
2: Yeah. exactly. It's it's so
1: funny, isn't it? Because you see all over on Twitter now, people sort of doing this whole like, you know, it makes me uncomfortable to say this, but this FSG, I think somebody called it like a reign of terror, this Liverpool fan and saying like Klopp's proving that he's just a yes man. And I'm thinking... Have you not lost your fucking mind? you won everything. you, know? you won everything. <laughs> he's, he's he's one of the greatest managers in... Like, the reason why you haven't won probably f- at least three Premier League titles is because you've come up against Manchester City. You, exactly. You, yeah. You know, they, they got 97 points in a season, lost one game and didn't win the Premier League. You know, like, yeah. come on, lads. Like, you, you've got to see that what you've achieved in this football footballing sense is, is miraculous and... This this is the kind of the the what I was moaning about most of all. <laughs> After the game, I was just like, "It's just unfair, you know." It's it just, is. It, it, it like Harry Kane doesn't get the happy ending, really. Tottenham don't get the happy. It just because I was it in that get, You know what I was saying is, if they went two nil up, right? We were talking mm. about Kane breaking Greaves' record in that game. Yeah, two goals. That's the that's the happy. Right, like, if we'd have won two nil, two Harry Kane goals great, that's lovely, that's brilliant, that's golden scenario. But when yeah. we're 2-0 down, I'm thinking, alright, okay, at least, the, let's have the knockdown version, at least he, he gets 2 now, makes it 2-2, two, two. great, nice, they haven't beaten us at White Hart Lane, and Harry Kane's broken Jimmy Greaves' record.
2: Yeah, I'd have taken that all day. <laughs> yeah. but it just two down.
1: It just, even that, even the sort of knockdown version, it just doesn't happen for Tottenham, does no. it? No, you know,
2: it's, you just know it's not going to happen. I mean, I listened to your podcast from after the after the game, it, yeah, it's and that's that's the bit for me. Every time, it's that it just it never falls for us. I remember watching the Sunderland till I die documentary, and there's that clip where I can't remember. I think it's one of the playoff finals or something that we were in, and there's like the Sunderland fan, and she just says, like, she's watching the other team celebrate after minutes. Why is it never us? And I was like, that is that is spot on. That is exactly yeah. how I feel as a Tottenham fan, always sitting in the other end watching the team. Why is that never us?
1: I tell you because the Champions League, that obviously was, you know, really hard to stomach. But I tell you when it really got me was not even seeing them win the Premier League. When Leicester won the FA Cup, cup, was it last year or the year before? I, I just remember seeing them all like they've, I think they beat Chelsea in the final And they're all just celebrating on the pitch. And I was thinking like, you know what? People like, it'd be great to win the Premier League and they've obviously already done that. Great to win the Champions League. But even just something like that, the FA Cup, because it's massive, you know? And seeing all of them kind of celebrating and enjoying it, I'm just thinking like, it's been a fucking long time since we've seen that at Mm. Tottenham. And when you think about Harry Kane, he's one one of the greatest footballers ever. Definitely one of the greatest Tottenham players ever, if not the greatest. And there's every chance he's going to leave this summer now, if mm. you see everything that's going around on Twitter today. And he's not going to have won a single thing for us. And it's, it, it's Yeah, mad. it's
2: just unreal. There's some of the, it's, like, it's, it's that timing. The fact that if, if only Tottenham could be the best team over two seasons and still not yeah. in the Premier League. Like, only we would peak just as we have literally turned White Hart Lane into a fortress, unbeaten for the entire season. <laughs> Soz guys, knocking it down, you've got to move out. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's always that, isn't it? It's, it's lasagna. It's the, oh, changing the rules so that if someone wins the Champions League and finishes outside the top four, they nick the fourth spot. Then, oh, once that's happened, yeah, we'll change it again so that won't happen. So it just, it, it does feel a little bit like somebody somewhere has done something to anger the football gods. I don't know whether like George Graham left something like under the foundations or like, I don't know, Archway steel was a secret, like Indian burial ground or something. I don't know. Like, it just feels like we've done something to like, upset someone. And we just so much of football is it, it's not just, it isn't just about, you know, what money you spend and the philosophy of that, you know, you need the luck as well. And yeah. that's the bit we never seem to get. It's
1: the luck. It's funny, isn't it? It's just somebody, I saw somebody was saying earlier, it's like, it's almost like everything since Ajax has just, we've just been paying a penance for having such a great moment. Yeah. That we, you know I mean? We just upset the footballing gods in that one moment, so unlike Tottenham to do what yeah. we did that night that we've just been paying the price ever since because it's, you, you, you do, I do sort of try and catch myself and I think, God, I sound like this sort of, moany kind of like poor me but it's like in the footballing sense as we sort of spell out there it just it's hard to it's hard to see any other way right That we don't just sometimes it just falls our way right even in one of these league cup finals we've made yeah you know just just not even just getting that over the line and i'm I'm not that asked about that competition but still it would be good to just see us win something it's a trophy
2: Um, isn't it it's like you know as much as I don't want to bring Mourinho into it that is why he always used to say you know go for the league cup it is that first mental step of oh we got over the line and we won something like it gets that monkey off your back of well you've never done it in a final and well unfortunately Man City seem to basically own that competition for the last decade although they seem to have given up on that now Oh, I've given up on the Premier League as well if you, well, if you yeah. listen
1: to what Pep's got to say about Well, it,
2: it. is Funny little... that one
1: year, isn't it, when his his protégé exactly. is Exactly. Yeah.
2: It's just ugh, sickening.
1: <laughs> but it is though, isn't it, because it's so like, "Oh, my my apprentice has won the whoa, well, wow. I guess yeah. I must have done something right." You know, he's it, got a, such a shade of that about it, like Exactly. It ooh. just oh, it's
2: all that it just brings back the feelings of like that again lasagna last day all the fa people at highbury being like wine you just feel like oh it's just conspiring against us again and i mean you're a bigger person than me to so, say you know like fair enough to us i just hate it i hate it I hate seeing them do well i won't give them any credit ever just because i'm <laughs> i am that unreasonable about but it's, it's i, the I don't way care to be. yeah it is i don't i don't care i know they're good i've, I've seen it but i don't want I don't to think about it and i they're still you know they are still the original franchise club, and you know they also never won their position in the in the top league anyway. So really, every Premier League they've won should be taken off, and they should really be relegated and forced to actually earn their place
1: in the league <laughs> before that. they're allowed to compete yeah. in
2: it. If, if they're about so. to win it last day <laughs>
1: yeah. of the season this year, yeah. actually. <laughs> uh, but this is, do you know what though? What you say there though? Because I, I I do have this slightly tinfoil hat thing about like these establishment clubs, as I call them, namely yeah. Liverpool United Arsenal. Like it's, yeah. it's those three. And I think like Chelsea sort of knock on the door on it a bit, but they're still a kind of upstart, you know, new money type thing. And same with City. I mean, City have never really been accepted into it, even though they keep Die. dominating everything. They're still kind of seen as like a small club, which is weird, you know, in the eyes of many people. And I get it. I sort of still see them that way a bit. its I, I remember once I... I one of the kind of um what do you call them interns at one of my old jobs when I was sort of it was this was a few years about four or five years ago now. He was about sort of seventeen, eighteen at the time and I was going on about Man City just being like, nah, they're just shit club kind of thing. And he was like, how can you say that? You know, they're one of the best teams in the country. I was like, Alright, Alex mate, let me let me put it this way to you. Like, if you saw, let's say, Stoke or Wolves now, yeah. if I told you Stoke or Wolves your experience of them to this point in five ten years imagine if you're in your mid-20s pushing 30 Stoker Wolves people younger than you will be saying eh, one of the best teams in the country because they spent a load of money and won loads of stuff you still wouldn't accept no. them as that would you I'm digressing no. here but- I wonder
2: if that's though why you like to say you feel about those three teams because I'm guessing that I'm assuming you are similar, similar age to me mid-late 30s and um, We've kind of, that's those are the three teams that we grew up with dominating yeah. everything. I mean, I don't know what it was like for you, but when I was at school, everybody supported either Man United or Arsenal, yeah. and I was one of about three Tottenham fans, yeah, I yeah. think. So, it's, Snap. Yeah, 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 and all the pundits and everything. Now, I guess it's that timing, isn't it? They were the dominant clubs, so now.
1: Well, this and, is it. And, and in terms of this, like, what really. What riles me about, like when I look at this North London derby and I look at kind of just all of the conversation around it, like the the palpable sort of excitement in the media in general, neutrals and Arsenal media aside, obviously Arsenal media, that's a stupid point cause they're going to be excited about what Arsenal do. But the neutrals, Carragher saying it, Neville saying it, I hope Arsenal win the league. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going big on it now. And you see, you see, I saw some thread from some like Liverpool kind of tactics guy, fawning over them just being like it's good for the game it's good you know good old arsenal this sort of thing oh
2: just fuck off (laughs) but
1: but for years when we were doing it on the shoestring it was bottle ham top you know bottle ham hot spur and all this type of stuff oh
2: yeah you know it used to be the same thing when Venga used to play the kids everyone used to wank themselves silly over it (laughs) it was oh you know is it wonderful Venga and the kids and then when we used to do that same thing. It's like, oh well, you you don't you don't spend the money and buy the proper players. It's like two completely different narratives. Two clubs do the same thing, and it's a totally different. I mean, obviously, I'm looking at it from the Tottenham point of view, so I might just be ridiculously biased. But that's how it. That is how it feels. It feels like we don't get much credit from. There's not much love for us in the media. They seem to quite enjoy watching us, fuck up.
1: Well, they do, um, I think it's mad considering when you actually really think about that. 16, 17 season, 86 points unbeaten at home in an entire season. Yeah. It's barely spoken about at all. The fact that we, what did we, we came second to Antonio Conte's ironically enough. Yeah. Like monstrous Chelsea team who I think they finished on about 92 points, which at that point was before Man City were regularly getting, yeah, it was before the Centurions. It was, it was one of the highest ever points tallies ever.
2: And we beat them as
1: well. Yeah. And it's it's still just kind of looked back on as Tottenham bottled everything. Well, you know, I I don't know, man. It, there's a lot of yeah. like I say, there's a lot of there's a lot of things at play right now. There's a lot of feelings mm. um, with regard to Tottenham. So I do sort of want to try and break it down because, yeah. like we said, we look we're looking at Arsenal, we're looking at this kind of like progressive team, smart signings, us going after Trussard or. Adama Traore and these type of players now. There's talk yesterday that Daniel Levy's already thinking about or that we've had preliminary conversations with Thomas Tuchel and you're like, have we not, like, what what is actually going on here? Like, if we're not, if we've got this, if we've got Antonio Conte in charge, whether you like him or not, like, and I quite obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but at the same time, I don't really want the upheaval of him getting mm-hmm. sacked. I would, I would, honestly, I would rather see, if I had to say, if it, I would like to see him from this point sign a contract, say that he is right, I'm bought in, I'll give you three years of my life yeah. and I will make you a prop. because this is what I've never felt from him. If he yeah. came out beating his chest saying, I will make this team successful, I will drag them up, I will drag them up to the top of the table, and I will make them successful. And I yeah. will do everything. I will work day and night to make this team a success. Yeah, you
2: couldn't not buy into that, could you?
1: No, but exactly. You're right.
2: We're not getting that from him. And it's- we're not
1: getting that from him. So if, but now we're in this position where we obviously don't really want to spend much money in January. Fair enough. Not well. Yes and no, because we clearly have a lot of defensive deficiencies. But mm-hmm. my question is like, if we are. If if the board are in a place where they feel they can't trust this manager, they don't want to back him. Why? What are we all doing here? What's going exactly. on? You know,
2: it feels like we're just wasting the next six months, doesn't it? It is that exactly. If they're not, if they don't feel it's right, then now's the time to to, to act and move on because otherwise it's another six months wasted. Another, you know, at the, he's already got a mishmash of three, four different managers, players there, and. You need to, it needs to be somebody with a vision, and again, if he's got that vision and he's bought into it, that's one thing, but he's not committing, and that's got to be rubbing off on the players. You know, if you're a Harry Kane or whatever, you've got to be thinking, What the hell's happening here? Like, because it, it feels awful. Because I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't want Kane to leave, I think he's you know, he's irreplaceable. It doesn't matter if someone gives us 300 million for him in the summer, we're not going to replace him. It's it, it's, it? it's, it's no. not possible to replace Harry Kane, yeah, so it doesn't matter what we get for him. But... And I, I, I kind of understand why he did the, you know, initial flirting with City. But I think, mm. you know, in an ideal world, I think Kane actually, he would like to be able to stay with Tottenham and be that one club man and be the, you know, Alan Shearer, have a statue him outside. But you've also know, got to think for you know, a player of his talent, he's got to know where the club's going. And he's got to feel that commitment that we're going to... He, he's now hasn't got the time to be wasting. It was different five years ago. But, you know, if he's only got, say, four or five years left or whatever... He's going to have to make a decision now. So we need to, It just feels like there's a lot of vagueness around the club. And there's. You just want somebody to come out and say, this is our plan. This is our vision. This is what we're going yeah. for. And we don't get that. We just get these sort of ugh, same old sound bites. And hearing the players come out every game and go, yeah, I think we did all right. <laughs> so what? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like.
0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Because well, this is this is my question now. Because I've. I've always been somewhat, I've, I've never really been, okay, Olympic Stadium, I was pretty vociferously anti kind of yeah. Enoch and Daniel leaving all that, their plans to basically take us out of N17, but they've gone back on that, fair enough, I think there's been times when they've probably dropped the ball, but I guess we can look at it in retrospect, we were pissed off at the time that we didn't bat Pochettino, but there was. I still think there was that We were building something we were literally building the stadium. I think the majority of fans, even a lot of people who don't like Daniel Levy, I think the majority of people were like they could at least understand, all right, we're pumping a lot of money into building a ground. We can probably understand why there aren't gonna be any signings if we like it or not. And I do think that like his stewardship of the club if you post anything sort of remotely kind of positive, not even like, it, it doesn't even have to be positive about Levy. It just has to be not negative about him. And, you know, you're called deluded and you're called all these types of things. Yeah. If I'm being brutally honest, like he's taken us from being, you know, like you say, we're a similar age. Tottenham were awful. We were just a, mm, a nothing. Yikes. And we were a nothing Premier League mid-table team that had history. That's all that we were. But Nottingham Forest had history. Aston Villa had history. Everton had history. Absolutely. That's our level,
2: let's be honest. Yeah,
1: that's that's, that's where we were at. But I would say over the majority of his stewardship now, he's turned us into a contender. We are now a super club. We just are. We don't have to listen to what Arsenal fans, United fans, or anything say. We are a super club. That stadium is massive. Mm. We play Champions League football our brand, our, you know, the awareness of the football club is global now. Yeah. We have a huge fan base. He has built that and I'll give him credit for that. Mm. I'm starting to get to the point now though, where I feel really, now we're actually at this level, I'm starting to feel like he's a bit out of his depth.
2: Yeah. I'm totally with you on that. I feel like he was the perfect, he was the perfect guy to come in and do what he's done, which was, you know, he's looked at the club and, like you just said about you know Everton, Villa. Actually, if you look, if this is why I always try and I always say to people, part of the bottom Hotspur crappy narrative that comes out is that people are comparing us to Liverpool, to as oh, much as like I say it, Arsenal, United. When that's that is not that they're not the like for like level you should be comparing us with. If you want to see if Spurs have been have succeeded in any way, look at Everton, Villa. Though that's the level. Newcastle, even obviously, world's changing with that now. But look at what they've done in the last however many years. How many of that? No development of their infrastructure, stadium, any of that stuff. You know, actually, you've got to remember as well when Daniel Levy came in two thousand and one with this vision of how can I make Spurs compete commercially with you know at that time it was all Manu and Arsenal. Manu's brand absolutely massive. Liverpool still massive brand based off being dominant in the eighties all that money coming from those international fan bases that we didn't have, he saw straight away we needed that, you know, we need the stadium, we need that infrastructure to enable us to compete. In 2001, Roman Abramovich hadn't even started looking at football clubs. So, you know, he's come up with that strategy. He's then had Chelsea come in and basically win the lottery. We then start knocking on the door of Champions League in sort of late 2000s. And then Man City with the bloody lottery. And then now you've got flipping Newcastle doing it as well. So, I mean, when people say about doing it the right way, I mean, he has grown the club organically. He hasn't done it with a, you know, just pump a load of oil money in. Um, so when you look at that versus your Everton's, your Villas or whatever, you have to say he's done a fucking brilliant job. But you're right, that, you know, for these 20 years, that excuse has been there. Well, we've got to wait for the stadium. We've got to wait for this. We've got to wait for that. Well, that's all done now, Daniel. And the whole purpose of this, surely, was to be able to elevate us as a football club. I don't mind you having... Concerts, having NFL games, you know. I think that's quite. I actually, think he was quite creative in thinking about it's, the it's NFL not, thing. Isn't it, right? I don't exactly. know why people get
1: so rattled by it. It's no, clever. No, I don't. You know? I really don't. It makes give decent shit. money for the club. You know? <laughs> yeah.
2: As long as that money is put back into the football team, I don't want to see it going into Enix pockets. We're not here to be an event company. As long as that, you know, I don't mind how we make our money out of the stadium, but the priority has got to be putting that money back into the football team, and I think that's what we're not seeing and it doesn't feel like there's a clear strategy and he's brought in Paratici um, and then surely the whole philosophy was meant to be then, that Levy was going to step back from the football side but then there's obviously still signs that he's meddling in it with the you know Spence being signed and uh, the farting about that still seems to go on with transfers and stuff I can't I can't work out what he's what he's trying to do but you're right he's a fantastic businessman but when it comes to the football side of things, he just seems to continuously get it wrong. And he got very, very lucky with Pochettino. Very lucky.
1: Uh, see, because this is... Where I come back to now, because I've been trying to sort of consolidate everything that I'm feeling after that derby. And like I say, there's, there's part of it, just the, the pure base level fact that Arsenal are, let's be honest more than likely to win the Premier League now. Yep. They've beaten us at our ground en route to doing that. They've actually, as I was saying, you know, been shitter than us in the past few years and not only come back to being better than us, come back to being so much better than us that they're just going to come back and win the Premier League again. That is just... We're talking about football gods and football hating Tottenham Mm. like fucking hell, you know? (laughs) That is
2: a proper kick in the nuts,
1: isn't it? Um, Especially after we've been going on about Pochettino and how exciting it was and how are we supposed to compete against, you know, City and Chelsea and all this. And then they just go and do it, doing exactly pretty much what we did with Pochettino other than the final bit, which is giving him a load of money to get it over the line. But, But that's where the luck thing
2: comes in again. Yeah. Again, Timing look and Chelsea have dropped off. City have dropped off. This stupid World Cup in the middle of the season has. I knew it was. It was going to benefit some clubs and it was gonna screw some others. And I think it has. It's not the only reason, but I do think it's had a detrimental effect on us and on City. It's no coincidence that our two clubs are the ones that had the most minutes played out of all teams from our players at that World Cup. And have come back not quite looking... I mean, we weren't looking broke, before, let's be honest. So maybe not so much with us, but definitely with City. You know, it's just... And it's coincided with that sweet spot where Man U aren't quite there yet. Newcastle getting better, but the money hasn't really kicked in yet. You know, Chelsea in some sort of turmoil. Um, But it just seems... Again, the stars have aligned for them in the same way that they seem to for Leicester in that one season. And yeah, but it just it just hasn't happened that way for us, has it?
1: No, and it's this is where I'm at now because we talk about like there's a part of me that I just you know, I look at kind of the players, how they're performing or not performing under Conte. Are they bought into it? Are they not? Blah 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 blah, you know, all the stuff we've kind of been going on about. And I'm like, okay, so what what what's it look like? Right we get rid of Conte. And if we have the sort of the dream scenario, which is what I want, is to find that, you know, a lot of people say like Marcelo Gallardo, like Gallardo, who managed River Plate, who's, you know, done wonderful things there, won like the South American Champions League, won the league with River Plate, real kind of up and coming progressive kind of manager. Although I think he is a bit older. He's still here. He hasn't managed in Europe or anything like that. I think he's about Poch's age now. Mm. I guess Poch's is a relatively still young manager now, but so there's talk about say some bring somebody like him in, right? So Conte goes, we bring someone like him in. We've got next season. You know, we spend half the season kind of building, going again, right? Kane probably mm. leaves in summer. We know this. I think Kane is is good. I think this is the uncomfortable thing. I don't really want to go on about it too much. Um, you know, we've seen today apparently like Paul O'Keefe. Everybody knows him on on Spurs Twitter. Pretty well connected bloke as. Know, but essentially said that Kane isn't interested in extending his contract at Tottenham. Mm. So we can accept it, even yeah, you know, whatever the circumstances. If we were getting a new project manager, and it would probably mean that Kane goes because we're looking at a f- three four year roadmap, right? He goes, maybe we even sell Son or we keep him as an as a statesman in the squad bench player rotation, whatever. Lloris goes, and we build a new team. We build it around Kulusevski, around mm. Richarlison. We start to implement Spence. We have Sar in there. We've got Destiny coming in next year. We add a, you know, a new goalkeeper. We add a couple of new centre-backs or even just a centre-back to go alongside Romero. Mm. And you can start to see the sort of yeah. green shoots of hope again. But my problem is, right, and this is where I'm at this crossroads now with the board or with Conte or with whoever, is the reason why, because that excites me on a certain level. It will excite me to see Tottenham playing decent football again. It will excite me to see Tottenham playing... Young players, but what happens when we get to that point again? When, as we were with Pochettino, or mm. as we were with Red for a while, or ah. you know, that we build to this point, we've got this exciting project, we need to add two or three new players, and it just doesn't happen because, in the eyes of the board, we've got Kulisevsky and we've got Richarlison, so we mm. should just be able to make do because they've gotten us close to that point. Do you, do yeah. you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah, it feels like we're we're going down this same kind of road again, you know? Like, after we, after, you know, Yol went, we brought in one day Ramos, this kind of guy that had won the UEFA Cup and stuff with Sevilla. He was supposed to be the guy to get it over the line. It fell to pieces, brought Harry Redknapp in. And this, do you know what I mean? This sort of cycle is just going to go on and on and on. Yeah. And The latest one we're hearing at the moment is Thomas Tuchel, which... I, I just, I would, wouldn't you just give up? Like,
2: what? So, like, can we only recruit managers who Chelsea have just sacked? Like, I just, there, got, there's got to be more out there. I mean, if it came down to Tuchel or Pochettino, I'd rather have Pochettino back. At least he's got connection with the club and, you know, I don't know. It just feels like, it is, it is a little bit of a, where, where do we go from here? I don't know what the answer is, but you're right. It's that, I'd just, I'd just like to know from the board, if that. do you actually give a shit about us winning something? Or are you genuinely happy to tread water and be like, oh, well, you know, we made the top four, we've got the money in. Do you g- genuinely want to actually see us win some silverware?
1: Well, because that's funny, because you always hear that, like, you know, he doesn't always get it right, but... Daniel Levy he really does you know he really does want to see Tottenham win something he really and I'm I've always ex- sort of extended him the benefit of the doubt like I say, I'm I've not really ever been like viscerally like anti Daniel Levy or anything like that. Bye. I see that he's not flawless but at the same time I think you know a lot of people don't realize kind of like like as we were saying like the job he has done but mm. this point you touch on though I do start to question increasingly like is he is he actually that desperate to see Tottenham win something like really because mm. You know, even even under like, I just you know he brought in Jose Mourinho, right? He he, we we lost the best manager we've had. I won't say ever had because of Bill Nicholson and all that, but I'll say in living memory, Mm -hmm. the best manager we've ever had. And that was horrible. It was horrible letting him go. But I think everybody Mm -hmm. realized everybody came to the point where it was like, whatever, he's not going to get the players to refresh the squad and. It's it's all just, it crumbled, basically. It, it seemed all to be, broken, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And so he went, we brought in Mourinho, but I don't get why, why did he do that? And then, again, not really back him, seemingly.
2: Yeah, and then sack him the week before a cup final.
1: It, I just, I, I'm struggling now. I think this is the biggest thing. I'm struggling to see the vision. I'm struggling yeah, to me see too. what the club are trying to be and trying to do. You know,
2: yeah. One that when the stadium was being built, that was almost the vision that you could say, "Look, well, we're building something. There's something was visible there, a, a physical thing. We are building something." But since that's been done, and I, obviously I know COVID will have put a big spanner in probably all of this because you know who could have foreseen? You know, Daniel's thinking, "I'm building this massive stadium in London. No way, this isn't going to make money. Oh, London shut for two years." um so that won't have helped but it is yeah that clarity of okay there's been all this talk all this time that the stadium is what we need to be able to compete but but how what is your strategy to do that there just doesn't there yeah there doesn't seem to be a clearly laid out strategy I mean I don't know if other clubs have a strategy in fairness it's not like I pay attention to them so are we asking for something that you know no club offers but yeah it just all feels a little bit cloak and dagger sometimes. What what really is the end game here? Is it just making money for Enoch or is it Tottenham Hotspur Football Club?
1: <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> just, it, just, it's just stumped at this point, really. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is one of those things, right? We, all of this stuff is exacerbated. I think it's massively exacerbated. I don't, even always think it's just by results. I honestly don't. No. I think the the biggest thing that brings fans fan bases to this point generally is just when the football is not fun. When it when mm. you're not in, and I I can honestly say for like three or four years now, I've just not enjoyed watching Tottenham no. play. You know, it's boring, the, isn't it? Like actually watching them play football is, yeah, right, the whole theatre around it, seeing your mates and all that type of stuff and the narratives mm-hmm. that come out of football. But we don't play football that's nice on the eye. You know, we don't, we, we've had it in little window. We had a tiny window of it at the end of last season. Mm. But where's that gone? Like, how did that yeah. just fall off as badly as it has done? It's just, and we, you know, there is such stuff about the World Cup and things. I do take that to a point. We are one of the sort of, you know, we were one of the teams that had uh, the most sort of playtime out there. Mm-hmm. And I guess I think there's probably one thing I am neglecting is that we have, you know, had the, the death of our fitness coach Ventroni, you know, a friend of Antonio Conte that's happened that's in true. The, yeah. the middle of the season. So how much that plays a part or not, we we don't know. But it's not like we hadn't played this way kind of previously under Conte as well. That's that, That's the only thing I'd say. Mm against it so I just I don't really know where to look and I don't know how this goes but the one thing I can say is that what can happen is if we end this season like we ended last season if we suddenly actually start to get it together form kind of comes into a decent place we get Bentancur back Kulisevsky gets up to full fitness we start knocking the ball about again quite nicely Winning games, a lot of this sort of noise and a lot of these feelings will disappear again yeah. for a while, won't they? And that's just how exactly. football happens, isn't it? So, I guess when you are in that in that hole, you need to just kind of realise that, yeah. But it 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 will hopefully pass, and just try not to think yeah. too much about the bigger stuff at, at play because really we don't have any control over that. People can say protest and do this, but we can protest, great. We can make it uncomfortable for the board, but. Ultimately, that doesn't make somebody with £3 billion turn up and say, OK, Tottenham, I'll buy you because some people are protesting. And that's yeah. that's the harsh reality of it, right?
2: Exactly. Look at Newcastle and Mike Ashley. They've tried for years to get him out and they'll go when they're ready to go. It's not going to be us shouting at them, unfortunately, that's going to make the difference there, really, is it? They're, if they're getting what they, they want out of it, and that's the horrible thing about football now, I suppose, isn't it, is that Our clubs aren't really our own now, but, you know, there are definitely worse owners we could have had. At least they have left, you know, they've left a legacy for Tottenham, no matter what, you know, whatever happens with Enoch, you know, they have done something for this club. It's just now, for me, it's that crossroads of, okay, guys, are you now the ones who want to take, to want to take advantage of what you've created and put that into practice on the football pitch or not? And if not, then... Like Levy always says, they're just the custodians of the club. It's time to hand the custody over to someone else. But who I don't know, and I don't want to be owned by a blimmin' Qatari conglomerate or something. So, but
1: I guess this is the point when we sort of see that there are no, as people make this point, there are no ethical billionaires, you no, the whether that's a comment on the sport in general, I mean, it, it, it definitely is. Like, look at the World Cup we've just had mm. and everything. It's, it raises a lot of these questions, doesn't it, as to what do you get from football? What do you want from football? And I do, you know, as I was saying with the Liverpool fans earlier, maybe part of the problem, because I don't... The funny thing is, Laura, right, when, when we were growing up and Tottenham were a lot worse than they are, I still don't remember being as like miserable about it as I am no. just seeing Tottenham now. <laughs> It was a lie. I
2: used to be proper, like, excited about going to watch us and, like, oh, well, never mind, we might lose. But, yeah, now, I think that there's there's a bit of that, isn't it? That it's the more successful you get, it brings... That into it, it's almost like back there, there was there was nothing to lose. Every game was exciting because you were always playing. Most of the time, you were playing someone who was better than you. We're
1: through the so, looking glass, isn't it? That's the exactly. Uh, that's the and expression. unfortunately,
2: I think with Spurs, it is that thing of, because we haven't got over the line, and we've had our we've had our cycle where we have been good, and you know Arsenal was shite, and we were really good. And the only difference is we just just didn't get over the line in any of... And you look at the number of, you know, semi-finals we were in, both of those league campaigns, you think, had two or three things gone very slightly differently, we'd have taken something home and it would have been different. But I think it's that frustration of having got so close and now we know we're on that downward spiral again, we've got to rebuild, but it's not even like we've got the memories of looking back on, on the trophy um, and that kind of thing. And I suppose there's a, there is a bit mm. of a weird thing, I think, in the fact that we are those, uh, you know, us and Everton, I suppose it is just now, really, who've been, you know, we're ever present in the Premier League. We're never, we're not at risk of getting relegated. You know, we don't actually think some of those lower league, the lower league clubs or some of the sort of ones that get in the relegation battle, you at least have that excitement of, yeah, you might have a shit season and go down, but then you come back up. You have your day out where you get to lift the league title or win the playoff final or whatever. You don't wear and this sounds like awful spoiled Premier League fan whinging, but it's that being sort of being stuck in the middle where you never get that. Even when you have the shit bit, you don't then get the bit of it coming back up again. We just you don't ever get that day without actually winning something, and. It, just, it feels like every time we get close as well, somebody else gets taken over by an oil billionaire. And it, now it will be Newcastle, won't it, that we're, you know, that's pipping us to the post for things. I mean, and unless
1: something drastic happens, they're going to get Champions League football this yeah. season, you know?
2: I mean, that's happening way faster than anyone thought. So, if they're, you know, they're already moving towards that. You know, that's another, another one of those places taken up, isn't it? And to be fair, you've got to say that when you look at the... The grand scheme of things, I know Leicester are a bit of an outlier. I think, that, you know, the fact we've been up there in the mix of all of these clubs all this time without ever having that massive investment, really, it is, it is something. But you when people look at like it from forever, the outside, exactly, and people look at that from the outside, they'll say, yeah, but what have you won, though? And it's like, yeah, but you've also got to remember where we came from. So for us, this is better, but... Yeah, I just think it is that thing where you look at some of the other clubs that have won FA Cups and things like that. You see, we have to, we will win something again at some point. It can't, you know, it just can't be the case that Spurs never win anything again. It, one day it will happen, but it just feels like, it just feels like a lot of things have conspired against us over a long time, and I think it is that piece where if we had a different manager. You know, who's committed to the club, you'd have a bit more hope. But at the moment, it feels a bit like we're in limbo waiting. And so you've got nothing to focus on other than the being pissed off that it's all gone wrong.
1: Champions League this season, though, Laura, maybe. That's you know I mean?
2: true. I said that is the only thing that can make this better. Harry Kane's we're in the last the Champions season. League. <laughs>
1: yeah. Imagine it. That's
2: it. Perfect. I mean, I'm See, not, I don't want to manifest <laughs> this Harry Kane's last season
1: thing, like I'm saying. But it does feel that way a bit. But, you know, it.
2: Yeah. I think it's beating Greaves's record. To be fair, that has kept him here. Being so close to it, I think, is that thing where he can see that he's going to get over the line of that. But I think once he's beaten that, for me, that, there's nothing to keep him here if we're not showing real intent that we're going to do something. You know, once he is, no one else is. No one's ever going to beat that record. You know, unless another generation. Of How much comes
1: Dan Scarlet comes back and just does exactly. it <laughs> I
2: exactly. Mean, <a> <laughs> yeah, Day Scarlet um, twenty. 32 or whatever but yeah I just uh, I think for me that's that's the thing once he's reached that target that's when I think he's going to start looking looking elsewhere but yeah like you said that's the only that's the only thing that can make things better for me we just have to win the Champions League so nice and easy no problem
1: nice and easy job
2: though, <laughs> eh? <Yes>. yeah <laughs> Then they can shove their Premier League up their ass, can't they <laughs>